0: Good afternoon and good evening to everyone. My name is Dave
1: Frankowski, and I'll be your moderator for today's class. And welcome to another lecture given by the Oceanside California class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. The school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization Dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan, operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given unto our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year of 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year of 1958, and we hold classes in the United States and in various other countries. The Oceanside class was established in 1994. At this time, I'd like to introduce to you the Dean of the Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe, and the president, Dr. Carl Emler. Now, in this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The correct name of our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The correct title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. And the correct name of the Holy Spirit, manifest in or out of a physical body, is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Now, Lord and God are titles, and they are not names. And the Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5, that there are Lord's many, and there are God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name, and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike the titles of Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. It's a divine title because it's the title that our Creator has chosen for Himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name, and a minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew, the Greek, nor the Latin languages have any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that's made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1400 years after the death of the Messiah, which would make such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings for the true name of our Father and his Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, the limits and the bounds of everything that exists. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart is a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. And we've drawn this cloud to extend all around the edges of this chart to show that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Now, Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being,
2: that is,
1: having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifest himself in a physical body, and he walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, who the whole world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there's only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So a simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what did they call the Savior when he walked the earth plane? And a further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface to the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It's the divine pattern because it's Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses on top of Mount Sinai and he showed him this threefold tabernacle pattern in a vision. Later on, Yahweh instructed Moses to build one in the wilderness exactly like the one he had seen in his vision on the mount. The tabernacle pattern is a threefold pattern consisting of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and it operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The school has 10 primary constitutional objectives and aims, and they are as follows. One, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as He really is and actually exists. Two, To form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Three, to investigate the unexplained spirit law, or so-called law of nature, and the powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, modern, practical, and occult science, five, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance, six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages, seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Nine, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained. There is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And 10, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. We'll begin this afternoon with a prayer by Dr. Sean Hudgen from our Ontario class. And we'll have a scripture read which will be Isaiah the 60th chapter And that'll be read by Dr. Jerry Geller from our Oceanside class.
3: Can everybody hear me? Yep. All right. Let us all bow our hearts and minds for a moment of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father Yahweh, we pray that you focus our minds on what the speaker that is speaking from the floor has to say today so that it edifies the body of Yahshua the Messiah so that we can have a greater, more profound knowledge and understanding and comprehensive apprehension of Yahweh for who he is and how he actually exists and operates in this creation so that we can know him and we pray for love between the brethren so that we are not separated from each other and we are brought back together because time is coming to an end and we need each other now more than we ever have all these things and more in the name of your only begotten son yashua the messiah let us all say hallelujah. hallelujah hallelujah
4: Good evening, class. Tonight, I'll be reading Isaiah, the 60th chapter from the Holy Name Bible, containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts, revised by the late A.B. Trana of the Scripture Research Association, Incorporated in College Park, Maryland. Isaiah, the 60th chapter. Arise and be enlightened. For thy light is come, and the glory of Yahweh is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But Yahweh shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thine eyes round about, and see. All they gather themselves together, they come to thee. Thy sons shall come from far, and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. Then thou shalt see and flow together, and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged. Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned unto thee, and the wealth of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. The multitude of camels shall cover thee, the dromedaries of Midian and Ephra. All they from Sheba that come, they shall bring gold and incense and they shall show forth the praises of Yahweh. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together unto thee. The rams of Nebaioth shall minister unto thee. They shall come up with, ex- with acceptance on mine altar and I will glorify thy house of my glory. Who are these that fly as a cloud and as the doves to their windows? Surely the isles shall hasten unto me, the ships of Tarshish first, to bring thy sons from far, their silver and their gold with them, unto the name of Yahweh thy Elohim, and to the Holy One of Israel, because he hath glorified thee. And the sons of strangers shall build up thy walls, and the king shall minister unto thee. But in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favor have I had mercy on thee. Therefore thy gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day or night, that men may bring unto thee the wealth of the Gentiles, and that their kings may be brought captives. For nation and kingdom that will not serve thee shall perish. Yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted. The glory of Lebanon shall come unto thee, the fir tree, the pine tree, and the box together to beautify the place in my sanctuary. And I will make the place of my feet glorious. The sons also of them that affected thee shall come bending unto thee. And all they that despise thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet, and they shall call thee the city of Yahweh, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Whereas thou hast been forsaken and hated, so that no man went went through thee, I will make thee an eternal excellency, a joy of many generations." Thou shalt suck the milk of the Gentiles, and thou shalt suck the breasts of the kings. And thou shalt know that I, Yahweh, am thy Savior and thy Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. For brass I will bring gold, and for iron I will bring silver, and for wood brass, and for stones iron. I will make thy officers peace and thine extractors righteousness. Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting or destruction within thy borders. But thou shalt call thy walls salvation, and thy gates praise. The sun shall shall be no more thy light by day, neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee. But Yahweh shall be unto thee an everlasting light, and thy Elohim thy glory. The sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself, for Yahweh shall be thine everlasting light, and the days of thy mourning shall be ended. Thy people also shall be all righteous, they shall inherit the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. A little one shall become a thousand, and one, a small one, a strong nation. I, Yahweh, will hasten it in its time. Isaiah, the 60th chapter.
1: Thank you, Dr. Geller and Dr. Hudgen-Wortle. And our scripture readers this afternoon will be Dr. Linda Volpe from our Oceanside class and Dr. Sharon Welch from our Syracuse class. We'll be having a three-speaker format this afternoon, each speaker getting approximately 35 minutes. And our first
0: speaker will be from our Syracuse class, Dr. Sharon Welch. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, It's good to be here tonight. Uh,
5: I had a feeling, um, you know, we gather together um, in the cloud as they say when you're on a computer and
0: uh, <clears throat> come together to give praise and give thanks to Yahshua
5: that he has revealed himself to us. And, you know, we pray that uh, we don't take it for granted what of what he has has done for us. So um, the scripture reading this evening, um, I wish that I could work with it, but I could probably bring out some stuff in the first couple of verses. So uh, Linda, if you can uh, start reading that and I will interrupt you. Isaiah 60 and one.
6: Arise, shine, shine. For thy light is come, and the glory of Yahweh Elohim is risen upon thee.
5: So Isaiah, uh, Yahweh Elohim, through Isaiah is saying, "Arise and shine." So you. We know can't that. hear.
6: You. I'm sorry. Go ahead. We could. I, you were real muffled. I think, not just to me. Go ahead. You're good now.
5: Okay. So it says, "Arise and shine." Well, we know that, um, something being arise, that means a resurrection, right? And to shine, uh, is, is, uh, is a good thing. Um, just as Moses face shone um, when he was up in the mount, when he had the revelation of the vision that he was given. And just like, Yahshua, when he was up on uh, the, if we can uh, zoom in on the Moses chart, you can see <clears throat> Moses up on uh, Mount Sinai, or I'm sorry, yeah, Mount Sinai, when he um, had that vision and revelation, his face shone, and he had to put a veil over it um, when he went down to the children of Israel. And when Yahshua was up on the um, uh, mountain transfiguration, it said that he, he outshone the new day sun. So we know that being sh- if you're shining, that means that you are having some kind of experience. Or uh, we say, you know, you've had a revelation and the light is come. Well, Yahshua says, I am the light right Mm -hmm. and you can see down through in egypt where uh the children of israel had light in their dwelling and you know we can get quotes on this but we would just you know take forever to pull out all of these quotes if you need them uh we can give them to you but um there was they were in the land of goshen which they had light in their dwelling and wasn't yah yahweh elohim uh uh, a cloud by a light for a cloud by day and a light of fire by night. So you see how that that light uh, reflects uh, the righteousness or Yahshua, for for Yahshua is come and the glory of Yahweh Elohim is risen upon thee, and that is something that <clears throat> uh, I'd like to work with because. Um lay a foundation of how that that glory of Yahweh is risen upon thee. Uh, so we're, we're saying how that, and under this age and dispensation, that that light or that glory, you know, they you use light and glory in the same sentence. See, of of Yahweh is risen upon thee <clears throat> so <clears throat> you know the, the the church world out there you know they just they're waiting for him to come back on a cloud and
0: let's get that where it says that um Um, Acts the what, second chapter. That uh, he that is uh, is come in the flesh. Uh, is First John four and one. Thank awesome. you. First John four and one. First John four and one.
1: Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of Elohim, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Mm-hmm. Hereby know ye the spirit of Elohim.
5: So here know ye the spirit of Elohim. And that spirit of Elohim is that light that is shining in the glory of Yahweh that's upon you. So know. See, our first aim is to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. So hereby know ye the spirit of of Yahweh Elohim. <clears throat> you need to know. You need to know something about your creator. Uh, hold that, Dave. And Linda, can you get Romans 1, 19 and 20? We have to, you know, break, I I, I like to be simple. I like to break things down simple um, because, you know, we all had a first time and we don't know who's listening to this. We don't know who who may listen to, to this lecture in the future. So I like to break things down. So Romans 1, 19 and 20. Because
6: that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in
5: them. So right there is telling you that there's something that can be known of Yahweh. You can know your creator for a, for without a shadow of doubt in you that he is real. And that is our first aim. We, that's our, our goal is to help you find. And that's what I'm trying to get to is find. Where are you gonna find him? How are you going to find him? Well, he has shown it to you and we will show it to you, hopefully. And you can see where he is and how you would know him. So that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest right within you. Okay, keep going. For Elohim hath shown it unto them. Well, wait a minute. Elohim has shown it unto them. Now think about this, Romans 1, 19 and 20, okay? And look up uh, with Moses on Mount Sinai because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest right within them. So here's Moses having a vision and revelation of Yahweh Elohim. You see that figure there, that's Yahweh Elohim. So that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest right within them because Yahweh has shown it unto them. Didn't he show himself to Moses on Mount Sinai? Will you read in Exodus? See where it describes uh, Elohim is having uh, feet, uh, hands. He, he has a body. He, Moses has is having a vision and he has shown him this vision because Yahweh has shown it unto them. For what? Keep going
6: for the invisible things of him from the creation of the
5: world are clearly seen well we say in the moderation that yahweh in his pure spirit state is incomprehensible and inscrutable he is the ultimate source substance limits and bounds so that's why we have this cloud painted all around the edges of this chart and uh southfield class this morning was showing Um, how that, that word eternity on the far right of this chart, up above John on the Isle of Patmos, it says eternity. So we know that Yahweh, he dwells in eternity. Eternity has no, no beginning and no end. So here it is where Moses is seeing this uh, vision of Yahweh Elohim and he says that um, because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh has shown it unto them for the creation of the world. So, what do you see up here on Mount on the creation by the pattern? From the creation of the world are clearly seen. Well, that's what Moses saw was the creation of the world, the creation coming into existence. Uh, Yahweh Elohim showed gave Moses that vision of the creation coming in. So from the creation of the world are clearly seen. By what, Linda? Being understood by the things that are made. So so by Moses seeing this vision, see, of the creation, so it's showing a witness by the things that are made. That's how we know how, how you, you could find and know Yahweh as he really is and actually exists by the, by the creation of the world, you know? And, and uh, <clears throat> a lot of people these days are really worried about the world, you know, not just uh, Russia and Ukraine, uh, not just America, but of the world, this world is crazy and everything in it is crazy. So on um, the foundation of the world, this world was put together so that we can look at it and see Yahweh. That's why this, cre- you know, you, you ask, why am I here? What, why is this creation? It's his witnesses that Yahweh is real help you find and know Yahweh as he really is and actually exists. We know that he exists in this creation um, and that those are his witnesses. So we have this whole creation that Moses in his vision in Revelation saw, see, and it's to show, show him and show us that he is who he says he is. So Linda, I want you to pick that up again from the beginning, and I will not interrupt you and go all the way to 19 and 20, please.
6: 19, because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Elohim has shown it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse
5: now listen from the creation of the world you can understand yahweh's godhead or how he exists and that's our first name again Help <laughs> you find and know yahweh as he really is and actually exists how does yahweh exist so that we are without excuse. Well, why are we without excuse? Well, because you've got the whole creation testifying to Him. <laughs> so how can we be with an excuse and saying that you know, oh, I I, I don't know, you know? Well, <clears throat> if it's revealed to you, you will know, and that's why this creation is in existence is to show forth his power, and how he exists. And that's just so pretty to, to know that, that we can look out in this creation and we can see a rainbow and we can see um, uh, the sun rising, you know? Uh, first, it's, it goes down in the night and it's, in a, it's a death, right? Uh, it's buried. And doesn't it resurrect in the month And every day, you know tomorrow the sun's going to shine well not so much in Syracuse but (laughs) we do get some (laughs) but the sun is there we know that it's there and that's just a guarantee and that's every day showing you that Yahweh exists you know it's just amazing so here we go um let's go back to um John, please pick it up again.
1: First John four and two hereby know ye the spirit of Yahweh Elohim. Every spirit that confesses that Yahshua the Messiah is come in the flesh is of Yahweh. And every spirit that confesses not of Yahshua the Messiah is come in the flesh is not of Yahweh.
5: So, this is pretty bold uh statement that uh John is making because he's saying that everyone that pick it up again, i want to interrupt you, please.
1: Hereby know ye the spirit of Yahweh Elohim. Every spirit that confesseth that Yahshua the Messiah is come in the flesh is so of every, Yahweh.
5: Every spirit that confess that Yahshua, or how you know him is Jesus, right? has come in the flesh is of Yahweh. So he is come, not that he's coming, but he is come. And this is at John, when we're reading John here, this is after the death, burial and resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah and after the day of Pentecost. And we know which is a whole new other lecture is that we're under the new covenant now. So John's saying that every spirit that confessed that Yahshua is come in the flesh is of Yahweh. Now, and every spirit that confessed not that Yahshua is come in the flesh is not of Yahweh. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard it, was, it should come. And even now already is in the world. So that's why the world is in chaos. And I was trying to tell somebody that the other day when they were so worried about what's going on in this world, you know? And I'm like, you know, you have to realize that this world is Satan's kingdom. It's not, Yahshua's kingdom is not in this earthly world. Oh boy, I'm into all kinds of things. His kingdom is not of flesh and blood, see? The kingdom of Yahweh is spiritual. It's not physical. There's nothing physical about, you know, uh, this world that
0: you're going to find salvation, find peace, find uh,
5: uh, stability. Uh, Let's get Isaiah.
0: Is it 46 and nine, maybe Uh, wisdom and knowledge? I think it's an Isaiah. This is what this 33 and six. Thank you. I was way off. Isaiah
1: 33 and six. Yes. And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and strength of salvation Mm. the fear of yahweh is his treasure
5: so wisdom and knowledge is the stability of our times now it's not wisdom and knowledge of earthly things because you know they i mean the things that they come up with you know physically uh you know medically uh the advances that they have medically right now. I mean, that's, that's not where your salvation is. Wisdom and knowledge of Yahweh, because he says, you know, that which may be known of Yahweh, not of the world, that which may be known of Yahweh. See, and the wisdom and knowledge of Yahweh is the stability of our time. Now, you know, if you're looking at the world, there is absolutely no stability. Anywhere you look in the earthly world, the physical, there is no stability. But wisdom and knowledge is the stability of our times. And what else is it, Dave?
1: And strength of salvation.
5: Oh. Strength of our salvation. Now, don't we all want salvation? Don't we all want to have eternal life? See, eternity. We want to be in that cloud with Yahweh, pure spirit, through Yahshua, the Messiah. See, and the wisdom and knowledge is our stability and strength of our salvation because that knowledge and that wisdom um, all these attributes that uh, make up Yahweh, see, right within you. It's right within you. It's not out in the world because, like I said, this world is Satan's kingdom. Because it says, and even now already is in the world. Well, what's in the world? Well, it's the Antichrist. That's what's in the world right now. And that's why it's in chaos. But see, we don't, I don't look at in the world for my stability because I know there isn't any there. But in Yahshua the Messiah, he is come in the flesh. See, now we know that he's come in the flesh physically um, through the, uh, uh, the birth uh, of, of Mary. See, what we're talking about is that he comes in your flesh. That's where uh, you need to be. That's where Yahshua needs to be at this time. So let me go back to the scripture reading for a minute. Isaiah.
6: 60. 60 and. Let's pick it right up at one again. Isaiah 60 and 1. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of Yahweh
5: Elohim is risen upon thee. Now, the glory of Yahweh Elohim is risen upon thee, which means that you have that glory, see, is right upon you. Go ahead. For
6: behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the
5: people now i'm sorry didn't we just say that the darkness shall cover the earth well darkness isn't a very uh positive um righteous kind of attribute is it or manifestation i should say the darkness may shall cover the earth in gross darkness and people that's why the world is the way that it is is satan has them just all going crazy because he is in the world but yahweh keep going there but yahweh elohim shall
6: arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee
5: the glory is going to be seen upon thee you know you are um, as the children of Israel down in Egypt were in in the light in Goshen, see, well, we're in the light now, right in the world. And there's so many quotes that I can get, but um, keep going.
6: And the nations shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Mm-hmm. Lift up oh. thine eyes round about and see. They all gather themselves together. They come to thee. Thy son shall come from far, and thy daughter shall be nursed at thy side.
5: So, all they gather themselves together, they come to thee. The son shall come from far. And don't, you know, (laughs) we come from far. I mean, Zoom is just an amazing thing, and a lot of classes have been have been saying that and how that we can get together, you know, and have, you know, we have people on the East Coast of of the United States and we have people on the West Coast of the United States. We have uh, the South, Florida's represented and usually Lionel's here, but I heard he went to Syracuse tonight. And, you know, we usually have the North or Wisconsin can be considered the North. So here we are, you know, (laughs) north, south, east, and west, which is the news and the good news. And that's what we're doing. We're we're trying to give you the good news or the gospel, which is the good news, Um, you know, and and we're gathered together, you know, and thy eyes round about and see all they gather themselves together. They come to thee the sun shall come from far and thy daughter shall be nursed at thy side. See, so with that being said, um, let me back down, back up a little bit and show you um, how that spirit can be upon you. So in the, can I have the covenants charts? The kind ordinance chart, I'm sorry. This is the only chart that when I came into class the first time, I'll never forget it. And I looked around and a lot of people say the first time all these charts look like scrambled eggs. Um, But I remember going and looking and seeing that this chart and say, oh, there, oh, there's Jesus on the cross. They can't be that bad (laughs) because all the rest did not, I did not recognize any of it. But this is a very important subject, because this is trying to show you what is going on right now. Now we know that in the Old Testament, or the law of Moses, which wrote the first five books, and the prophets, which are the next 33 books, consist of what you call the Old Testament. And a lot of religions don't like to go there because they have no understanding. They have not had the revelation of what that law and that prophet um, shows forth. You see, now let's get
0: um, to the law and to the prophets. Isaiah 8 and 20. hmm hmm Isaiah 8 and 20. To the law and to the
1: testimony. If they speak not according to this world, word, I'm sorry, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them.
5: Now, didn't we have that light in the in the scripture reading? You see, if they don't speak to you, if they don't show you their doctrine and they don't come, By the law and the prophets, there is no light in them. That blew me away because I did not even know anything about the law and the prophets. And then when I started, they started showing me how that, excuse me, when the children of Israel were in bondage and they came out of uh, uh, bondage, you know, and into the wilderness of Sinai. See, they had to take a lamb and they had to pierce it in the side. Look at this chart. Look at this Yahshua uh, on the on the cross. They had to pierce it in the side. They had to take the blood and put it on the four points of the door. Yahshua says, I am the door. This is all in the law. and But it's showing forth Yahshua. It just blew me away. And this Old Testament is just to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it's because there is no light or life. Light and life are synonymous in them. For Yahweh has to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it's because there is no light in them. So this, the prophets, see, are just prophesying. That's what prophets means. They prophesy to the law, or to Yahshua, the Messiah, coming in. So now, <clears throat> I didn't know there was a New Testament. Let's get Jeremiah 31, 31. I'm just going to break this down. I'll just be another, another five minutes and I'll get down. gotta get jeremiah 31 31 jeremiah
6: 31 31 behold the days come saith yahweh that i will make a new covenant with the house of israel and with the house of judah
0: Mm -hmm.
6: not according to the covenant that i made with their fathers in the day that i took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of egypt which my covenant they broke although i was a husband unto them saith yahweh
4: Mm -hmm.
6: but this shall but this shall be the covenant that i will make with the house of israel after those days saith yahweh Mm -hmm. i will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their elohim and they shall be my people
5: So we talked about the children of israel coming out of egypt see and that's when they made that covenant that old covenant was uh between the the children of israel and yahweh and that's why it's called the old covenant because it was way back there with moses and it came all the way down through let's get the the um chronology chart and i'll show you there or the timeline of when this all happened see there's moses um mosaic law right in the middle under penza dispensation mosaic law See, that's when that Old Covenant came in. It says Old Testament or Old Covenant. And you can get it in Exodus 24, 3 and 8. So that's when it came in. Well, there's Joshua on the cross. And he says, I am come, uh, uh, was born under the law, born of a woman, born under the law. He was under that Old Covenant when he came, was he walking around the earth? he was still under that old covenant. So now we have an old covenant and he says, now the new covenant's not gonna be like the old. See, the new covenant or the new, new covenant uh, testament, see, is gonna be written within you. And let's go back to the, um, the covenants chart. Move over there. Yashua on the cross, I'll show you, <clears throat> see now over here, past the cross, and that's the problem with the religious world, is they cannot get past the cross, that's why they have crosses hanging around their neck, they're just so obsessed with the death, well we want, we don't want the death, we want the light, we want the life, And the new covenant is written in your heart and mind. And that's what it said uh, there in Jeremiah. He was prophesying. He was a prophet. He prophesied of Yahshua being within your heart and your mind. Because he poured out his spirit right within mankind. And that's how he dwells upon you or in you. See, he's written in your heart and your mind. Now back here with Moses and the and the law and the prophets. See that finger pointing him out, and see how they have that nailed to the cross, and they have these two keys. Well, that's the law and the prophets. And I just have to tell you a short little story because um, this chart that we're showing here is not as it is uh, painted in the in our. Um, textbook, it's a little bit different in the textbook. If you go and look at it, it doesn't have nailed to the, doesn't have the keys and nailed to the cross and the finger. See, but, uh, and somebody gave us a hard time for using this chart because they said that's not the way it's supposed to be. Well, I just heard a lecture on SoundCloud where uh, Dr. Kinley says, comes right out and says, but that law and that prophets are the keys to unlock the mystery of Yahshua in you. And that and let's go back to the Moses chart because I think this is just so pretty that I, I heard in the, one of the classes today and that how that, um, I don't know if Greg can do it, but if you look at Moses, start with Moses laying down, go up and around panoramic vision, go all the way on the top of the creation and go down to panoramic vision, John, okay? And there's another triangle and then come, come all the way down through uh, the uh, Yahshua on uh, transfiguration, come all the way down where it says holy place and then go all the way up where on the side of transfiguration and then go all the way back to Moses. And they call that a skeleton key the old skeleton key and how that it could, the skeleton key could unlock all kinds of doors and all kinds of, you know, places that, that have a skeleton uh, key. It's like a master key. Well, that whole vision, see, of, of Yahweh Elohim and Yahshua or John on the Isle of Patmos and Dr. Kinley's vision, see, was the same as John. I He says, I didn't tell you anything more than what Moses saw what John saw. See? He saw the same thing. So those keys,
0: you know, let's get Matthew 16:19 and I'll be done. Matthew 16:19 And I will give
6: unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth
5: shall be loosed in heaven. So Yahshua is going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. We have that, and the law and the prophets are the keys, and they will be the keys of the kingdom of Yahshua why well because it's unlocking the mystery that Yahweh is in you he is abides within your heart and in your mind under this dispensation and age of this time and that is our only salvation is to have yahshua in you see so that's why we come down here you know we 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 love this teaching because it it uh, uh allows us to realize that yahweh is real and yahweh is real in you that is Joshua the messiah our only savior way of salvation dr kinley said in one of the one of the sound cards you my name is not in that book you know <laughs> my name's not in the bible hey it's Joshua." Yahshua's name is in the Bible, Yahshua is in you. And that's our only hope of salvation. I hope you got something out of that and all praise to Yahshua.
1: I yield the floor. Thank you, Dr. Welch. And our next speaker this afternoon will be Dr. Deb Cometti from our Syracuse class.
2: Good evening, everyone. Good evening. I'm sure that um, you enjoyed the, the words of Sharon uh, giving us a little bit of education and enlightenment on these covenants because I, like her, had no clue. Old covenant, new covenant. I knew the 10 commandments and um, that was about it. And then when people in class, when I was young in class and they brought out that you know none of that stuff was even given to us, it was just really a crack up because there were so many things to find out about that you just, I mean, it was like a kid in the candy store, everything that you thought, everything that you touched, everything that you looked at on the church charts, there was something more to know about it. And it was the truth of the matter, instead of just having, you know, your minister, I was in a Methodist church, whether than just having your minister, you know, uh, kind of do the best he could, but he, he, there was no revelation there. There was no enlightenment there. And, um, when, you know, people said that Dr. Kinley had a vision, I thought it was kind of, uh, strange. I, I just thought and you know, cause he was, this was 1931. I came into class in the seventies and I just thought that's so weird. That's like, now that's like a guy that was just, you know, lived in my, you know, era or whatever. I just thought it was so weird that they were saying that God gave him a vision, but I, uh, Something hit me. Um, there were a couple things. Um, I remember uh, being at a wedding, and and Dennis Volpe was telling me he could uh, explain to me why the ears were on my head the way they were. <laughs> and I was just like, "Okay, this is pretty cool stuff. Why?" You know. So of course, if you go through the pattern and you go, you know, the tabernacle pattern in our body, of course you can explain those things. And so it's these little things that I think of now that uh they just give me joy because uh I was just young enough and just uh ready enough, Yashua just uh, made me prepared that um I was gonna receive this gospel because he received it for me in me, and when Sharon was finishing off, it was just so so pretty to me, and she was talking about um the mystery, okay, and um. It is truly a mystery uh, people they say that this is what um, you know the top selling list the Bible is a top seller. And if that is true, you would think people could just read read it cover to cover and they would just get it and it would be uh, everybody would think the same and, and uh, do the same but there's so so many religious organizations out there, because that is not the way it's going to happen. If you read this Bible and you're not given a revelation directly from the creator himself, like Dr. Kinley had when he brought it to us, if you don't have that direct revelation from the creator himself, then you're going to just come up with your own ideas. So uh, I was wondering if somebody could read uh, Colossians 126 for a minute, and then I want to go to John, the first chapter.
0: Colossians one twenty six, even the mystery, which was, which has been
5: hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his sons, to whom Yahweh would make known what is the riches of his glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Yahshua
2: in you, the hope of glory. Now, I want to stress the point. That first of all, it's a mystery, okay? Mm-hmm. And most mysteries are are a mystery because something is being hidden. Something is not obvious. But he's saying it is now made manifest, which means displayed or shown. But he's he specifies to who? He says to his sons, okay? Right. I know in my Bible, it says to his saints, but saints are something that the Catholic church made up it's not what Yashua called his his chosen, it's sons, it's his children, okay? So it would make known, we'd make manifest to his sons, Yahweh's gonna make known, okay? And these are riches, they're riches to your soul. They're mm-hmm. not riches to your bank account and they're certainly not riches to anything of this world. And Sharon already talked about that. It's not of this world, it's the spiritual life that we're talking about, okay? He would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which we are. Okay. See, he's dealing with Israel back there. And that's who he gave that 10 commandment law. Not to me, because I'm not a Jew. I'm a Gentile. But he's talking about making it known. It was first made known to Israel. And then at the day of Pentecost, right? That's 33 AD. But then seven years later, he is making it known unto the Gentiles. And this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Joshua in you, the hope of glory. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're talking about. Always, always, always. That's our premise that we're talking about Yahshua in us, not waiting to come back, not on a cloud somewhere, not waiting to find him, not looking, you know, and he's in us now that's going to always be our foundation when we talk we're we're coming from the the vantage point that we're the bride of Yahshua and he's in us okay and that's that's where I want to go next is to John the first chapter because um let me see here where was it uh, let's see um okay I I can't see it right now it was somewhere in the scripture but I'll get back to that I just want but it it made me think about um knowing and it may have just been what Sharon was talking about in Romans but John the first chapter okay now this is John and it's not John the Baptist surprisingly it's John the revelator because I always thought it was John the Baptist but John the Baptist actually didn't write any books okay um he did a lot it was his part to, you know, for foreshow Joshua and to do the things that he did with the baptism. And um, he was a forerunner, but he did not write any books. So uh if we start in John, he starts talking about the Godhead. And this is it was Sharon that was talking about that in Romans, that we, you know. By the things that are made we can understand invisible things even his godhead or his supernal nature and it made me think about uh the witness that john had of uh the supernal nature of yashua and it's going to be totally totally different once you have the revelation it's totally different than what you thought it was because when you just read it you know for what it is uh, as a carnal mind you're gonna get God the Father, you're gonna get Jesus the Son, a separate person, and then you're gonna get the Holy Spirit. Like maybe you think like a dove or, you know, I'm not sure what people think the Holy Spirit is, but you're gonna get those three separate parts and you're gonna think that's what you're reading about in the Bible. When in actuality, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all one. And that's what we came to to find out about this mystery of how his supernal nature is or how he is. And, you know, Sharon was talking about the creation and talking about the creation by the pattern. One of the things in the creation is us. And if you read over in Genesis 1 and 26, it says we are made in his likeness and image. Well, the reason we're made in his likeness and image is because we're body, soul, and spirit. And Paul talks about us uh, being that way. It's over at the end of Thessalonians or one of those uh, letters. He talks about, me. your whole body, soul, and spirit. Okay, so that's, we're made in that way because that's the Godhead and we're made in his likeness and in his image. And it's also our physical body will also show, like I said, telling me why my ears are where they are on my head and not stuck on my, my legs or something. So it's all these things that are given witness to the creator, to this divine design and organization so that we, as anything we look at, we see Yahshua in this creation. So going and looking at John, let's have John one and one read. In the beginning was the
6: word and the word was with Yahweh and the word was Yahweh. The same was in the beginning with Yahweh.
2: So now here's John and John isn't, um, talking from his own understanding. He's talking from a revelation. He's talking about the beginning. And this is the beginning of Yahweh's purpose and plan that includes mankind. And so in the beginning was the word. Okay. And it says the word was with Yahweh and the word was Yahweh. So you can understand you're seeing a unity there. You're not seeing two separate entities or two separate beings. Like I was taught, just personally, I'll say like I was taught in my Methodist church that it was always a trinity. And what you find out later, and when you come to this class, because everybody's digging, 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 research and finding things out, you find out that the trinity was a man's device. They came up with that at the Nicene Council. I think it's in 325 AD. So what you took for book or you took for for word that God dwelt this way in a Trinity was something that another man's idea or thought of. And so these things were surprising to me. These things were intriguing to me. And everything that I had learned about in the Methodist church, was not founded in any any kind of truth after I saw what was being delivered from Dr. Kinley's vision, okay? And I will say this, I sat in class for a long time and I just saw things that were really uh, awesome and put together. And the revelation didn't come to me the first day I came in class. But I, I thank Yahshua that he kept me coming. There was just enough. <laughs> there was just enough of the carrot before the horse to you know he kept me coming until the revelation came and then i mean once the revelation comes i mean that's it you know you're sealed in that holy spirit of of promise and there will there will be no letting you go yashua will not ever let you go you're his bride okay and we're talking about true true love here not this crazy stuff that the world has out there so go ahead uh, linda read in 3
6: All things were were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men.
2: So in this word was life, and the word is the same. It's Yahweh, but it's Yahweh coming into a shape and form. And then once he's in a shape and form, see where it says here? Uh, Moses is looking at a panoramic vision of Elohim, and you see that the figure shows Yahweh Elohim and Yahshua. See, that's what we're talking about. That whole figure there that Moses saw up on Mount Sinai, is that's what we're talking about, understanding the supernal nature. And Paul goes as far as to say, you're without excuse because everything is showing you. Everything is made by him. If like if you, um, if you walk into a, a, I don't know, some kind of a real a great painter, or if you walked into a, a great sculptors um, house, and everything you saw, that was their work, it would tell you something about them. Well, that's our whole creation as a schoolroom and everything we look at tells us something about Yahweh Elohim, see that he's a unity and he is not a trinity and that is just something that man came up with and it you have to let that stuff go once you you're given the truth all that other stuff it just falls away you're just not even interested in it so he's saying all things were made by this Yahweh Elohim right okay and without him there wasn't anything made that was made so you got to you got to say now you got to ask yourself okay Everything is made by Yahweh Elohim, okay, that's okay. But guess what else is made by Yahweh Elohim? The mystery of iniquity. So it's a real, real eye-opener when you start to see how this thing is really put together because a lot of people don't even believe in a devil or a mystery of iniquity because they just think, how could that be? How could God do that, see? But if he created everything and there's nothing made without his hand, Then that mystery of iniquity has got to be thrown in there as well. Okay. Now he says he was the light, he was the life and the light of men. Now wasn't Sharon talking about light? Okay. Now we're going to look at light. First of all, we're going to look at it as just your physical breath. Okay. It says over there in Genesis that he breathed into Adam's nostrils and Adam became a living soul. And that's all of our testimony that we've been given that breath of life and that breath of life makes us a living soul okay so he's the light of men just from a natural standpoint of eight billion people on this earth plane breathing they are breathing the breath of life that Yahshua gave them yep you see here thank you Greg okay now look at here um we're in plate 11 see up above it says plate 11 and it says down here, in uh, the one, two, third chart, or third plate down, it says, Yahshua breathed on his disciples the breath of life. And we're look at Adam here, body of Adam from Mother Earth. So when Adam was, when he had the breath of life given to him, And it even says, I can't read it, Genesis something, but it even says, Yahshua breathed on his disciples. Sorry. Did somebody say something? Genesis 2 and 7. Okay. Can somebody read that? Um, Thank you. I can't see that.
5: (laughs) (laughs) And Yahweh Elohim formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and
2: man became a living soul. And man became a living soul. So every man on the earth that's breathing has the breath of life from this Yahshua. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to stop there. We're going to go one pass further where Sharon was talking about when she was talking about arise and shine. She's talking about a resurrection. So even if there's 8 billion people on the earth right now, and they're breathing because the breath of life is in their natural bodies, giving Mm -hmm. them a a living, making them a living soul, we're not going to stop there. See, we're going to go past that. And we're going to wait for the revelation that's going to make us a living soul on this side, spiritually, it's going to allow us to see what she was talking about with that new covenant because that new covenant doesn't have one piece of physical anything to it. And it's just so diverse from what you've been used to and what you've been given in the churches, because all they can give you is what they have. And all they have is the natural. So that's why they're still giving you, you know, crackers and grape juice. Uh, Like that's what we had in our, you know, church. That's why they're still giving you that kind of stuff for communion. And we're talking about communing with our father in our souls, way more than playtime with crackers and grape juice. So that's why Sharon was saying, let's just look at those covenants. It's so important to know where we stand today and to quit messing around with the stuff that doesn't matter anymore. Yahshua left that behind when he went to the cross, he fulfilled that, he left it behind. And the one that's brought it up to your face or brought it in the forefront, is that mystery of iniquity. See, it says when Sharon was making the point nailed to the cross, when you've got something nailed to the cross and then it goes down and it gets buried, I mean, folks, that's pretty much dead and gone. And that Old Testament, all those things that you see there, that was nailed to the cross, that was gone. And and it even says in Colossians, it was blotted out. Now that's pretty gone when something is blotted out. And so now we're looking at this Yahshua and we're looking at the revelation and what's going on now. And that's what Sharon was trying to bring out, that that true light is giving us the revelation and that we can know Yahweh in his truth of his supernal nature instead of, instead of fooling around with man's idea. Because man, that was just man's concept and any concept can be as good as the other and some people, if they don't want to accept, you know, the Trinity, they can do anything they want if we're just talking about concepts, but we're not talking concepts. We're talking about the truth of the matter. Okay. One truth and anything else is not the truth. That's just that simple. And you got over there in John eight, where it says, and mystery of iniquity, he's the father of lies. So if you're not dealing with the truth, then you're on the outside dealing with the mystery of iniquity. And so let's, let's keep going here because we want to stay on the path that we're talking about in this, what Sharon was bringing out about arise and shine, be enlightened in the truth. And it, it just carries you through your, ent- your entire uh, daily round is being in the truth because you start to find that even the littlest things you don't accept. You don't accept if they're not the truth. It's just the way you're wired now. It's just Yahshua in you saying no. It's the truth and nothing else. Okay, go ahead. In John? Yes, please.
6: That would be John 1 and I'll start at 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not.
2: So that's every single one of us out in this world, okay, We're in the world, we're in darkness, and we don't comprehend, okay, now I'm born in 58, so Dr. Kinley's having this vision in 31. I don't comprehend all my growing up years until I'm 18 and come in class. I don't comprehend anything that's going on with this class or Dr. Kinley or anything like that, okay? So I'm one that could say that I'm in the darkness and the light is in the world and I'm not comprehending it. I I have no clue. And that was my testimony about being in the Methodist church. No clue. Okay. So when somebody brought me down to class, like I said, the things I was hearing were so different from church, so different from anything I was ever brought up in. And it just, I could just say this, I kept my interest, but until Yahshua gave me the revelation, I'm just so thankful that he kept me in my seat because I was learning things about him i was learning things about the bible that i just couldn't believe i was learning you know about why he was called the lamb about you know why he walks on the water and you know why we're made the way we are and why this and why that these things are answered in this class and if you have a question please ask it because i have the faith in the operation that somebody. Not, not necessarily me, but somebody will be able to answer that question. It's just like the Queen of Sheba. When she came to Solomon, oh man, she had a lot on her mind. And it says every single question of her heart was answered. And what Solomon represent? he had that wisdom. He had that heart. And what's he doing? He's just showing one little piece of the Holy Spirit being highlighted. He answered all her questions. And that's That's my testimony that I'm satisfied. My questions are answered. Now, do we learn and do we grow? Absolutely. But our questions are answered. And sometimes without us even asking, we're just sitting there and whammo, it comes. So, um, okay, so Sharon read that. And then, I mean, uh, Linda read that. Now, what I want to drop down to is verse 14, because remember, we're still talking about what uh, Paul told, those people in Rome, that the supernal nature could be known to the point where you're without excuse. So now here's John breaking down that supernal nature, and John's doing it by the Holy Spirit. Go ahead.
6: 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten
2: of the Father, full of grace and truth. So now here's here's something I would ask. Okay, so now it said back in the third verse, it said, everything was made by the word, right, of Yahweh, and nothing was made without the word. So now the word becomes flesh, and now, and that's Joshua the Messiah. So do you see now when Yahshua when he's out there with um, all those thousands of people and there's nothing for them to eat. And he says to uh, you know, to his disciples, you know, they've gathered up what the lad had in his baskets, and Yashua feeds five thousand and then there's some left over. Do you see Yahshua is the word made flesh? He's created everything. So it's just a small part of what he's what he's about to do this miracle or to create more fish and more bread because he's created the whole creation. Now, when you understand that Godhead, these kind of things make far more sense than what you're trying to guess about when you're out there carnally and you're in a church and they say, Oh, you can't know that stuff until you die. No, Yahshua wants us to know him now. And that's why he puts his spirit in us, not messing around with what we're going to come up with. It's never going to be right. It's like my four-year-old grandson, if I ask him how things are going on, we're watching TV, and we're watching uh, these dolphins on the beach. And he says, how can that be? There's snow outside now. How can there be a beach with sunshine? Now, he see, he don't understand. He don't know. He's trying to put it together. But that's about as much as you asking your minister what's going on. They just simply don't know, Okay. And yes, we are saying we know, but it's only because Yahshua has enlightened us. That's, that's the only thing that we could say is glory to Yahshua. Okay, so the words made flesh, it dwells among us, right? And it's the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, when you talk about, if you, uh, Linda, read 15,
6: john bore witness of him and cried saying this was he of whom i spoke he that cometh after me is preferred before me for he was before me and all and all of his fullness have all have all we received and grace for grace for the law was given by moses but grace and truth came by yashua the messiah
2: now see he's making this is uh, John, the Baptist, he bore witness of him, okay? John's not writing this book. He's just bearing witness of Joshua. okay? And we can read over there in Matthew, the third chapter, when Joshua does actually go to John to be baptized of him and the things that happened. He's saying, for the law was given by Moses. Now, that's what Sharon was talking about. There's an old, old covenant. That was what was given to Moses, and that's where the Ten Commandments come in. And that's where the 603 other commandments come in that we just, no, no hope of keeping. And it even says in the book that, you know, everybody's a sinner. There's none righteous, no, not one. So this law that was given to Moses and he gave to the children of Israel was something that was put in place for the time then present, but it was never to be the end all. Yahshua the Messiah came on the scene as you see on this chart nailed what they're trying to show you is all that old testament all that old covenant is nailed to his cross it is finished okay so he's coming in and we show that red heart or that lively heart or that living heart on the right hand side after his death burial and resurrection he outpours his spirit mind you, he's not looking for your spirit to figure out anything. He pours his spirit out into your heart and mind. And that's why it says "They're you know, they're making a little contrast here. Here's the law of Moses, but grace and truth came by Yahshua, the Messiah, grace and truth. Now, what does that mean? Let's go over to Ephesians real quick, because Paul, he has a way of wording some of this stuff and um, it's following right along with what this was showing over there about the kingdom age is what the scripture was talking about. This kingdom age and the things that were will happen in the kingdom age are so much different than what was happening prior. Okay. And so this is what we're talking about. We now live in the present kingdom age. All right. Now we're at the end and we are waiting to cross over into the next age. Absolutely. We're not there yet, but we're waiting. So what we have now is a consciousness of where we stand, where we are, what don't, doesn't a bride know what her husband's doing. We have a consciousness. We see where we're at and we're waiting and we're waiting with patience and we're waiting with righteousness, peace, and joy in this kingdom age because his spirit is in us. So let's just read how this works in Ephesians, the second chapter. Five
3: minutes, Dr. Cometti.
2: Thank you. One, Deb?
5: Yeah, starting at one, yep. Ephesians two and one, and you have he quickened. were dead in trespasses and sins where in times past you walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now
2: worketh in the children of disobedience now in case you were wondering if you somehow had something about you that was good paul is laying it out to the ephesians here and he's talking to us today as well you have he quickened who were dead in your sins. See, and I said, and it's over in Romans, the third chapter. There's none righteous, no, not one. Because Yahshua, this whole purpose is designed so that everybody needs him. Everybody needs a savior. See, and it's just like back there with the tabernacle. Everybody had to come to the tabernacle. There was nobody that was perfect in those 613 laws that they did not need to bring a sacrifice to the altar. So we're all under the same umbrella of sin and trespasses. And we walked according to the prince of the power of the air. Now, in case you don't know, that's the mystery of iniquity. And he is alive and well, just like Yahshua put him in place. But Yahshua has him for a purpose. Once we're in the body of Yahshua, he is no more harm to us. It's the people that are out there that need to worry about him. Now, he's, he's doing his job just like Yahshua's is letting him do his job. See, and so that's the prince of the power of the air. And that keeps the sons of disobedience busy 24-7 because that, the, a carnal mind is a terrible thing. Now, let's read in three among whom also we all had our
5: conversations in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children
2: of wrath, even as others. Now, if you don't mind being children of wrath, you, you wait and see over there in Second Thessalonians when it talks about Yahshua coming back yeah. and he's bringing his wrath on those children that do not obey the gospel. So you don't wanna mess with it. You you wanna be not a child of wrath, okay? Now, Sharon, um, it's all, let's see here. I just got a couple minutes. I just wanna get down to, well, just keep, just read real fast and I won't butt in. But Yahweh who is
5: rich in mercy
2: for his great love
5: wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins has quickened us together with the Messiah By grace, you are saved and has raised up us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Yahshua the Messiah. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Yahshua the Messiah. By grace, are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves? It is the gift of Yahweh.
0: Not, not
2: of works, lest work. any man should boast. Are you are you seeing that we cannot boast because it's not of anything we did, and it's so fantastic that right. all the praise and all the glory and all the honor will always, always, always in our hearts be given to our our Yahshua because. We are his workmanship, and whatever he's designed us to do or to be or to, to say, we are his workmanship. And so it's always, always right, and it's always a pleasure, and it's always given glory to him. Thank yeah. you for the time.
1: Thank you, Dr. Cometty. And our third speaker this afternoon will be the president of our Oceanside class, Dr. Carl Emler.
3: Um...
7: Good evening. I apologize if I repeat some things. Uh, We lost internet and missed the last about the last five minutes of the class. We just got back in. Um, I want to. um, um, I want to go to. uh, Well, right here on this chart. First of all, Deb was working with this chart, and, and she was working with um these law and prophets these two keys here uh and the finger pointing to Yahshua she made the testimony that as being uh, raised a, a Methodist I think it was a Methodist um that she didn't really learn anything concrete about God or about the Bible And I have to say that my being raised a Lutheran uh, has put me in the same position. As a matter of fact, the most that we learned uh, as Lutherans that stuck with me was uh, about Christmas and Easter, the holidays that are all bright and everyone looks forward to. And so we learned these traditions of the holidays mostly. Uh, I remember studying Luther's small catechism and it was brought to my remembrance after coming into class that when I went back to this catechism, Luther's small catechism, that many of the tenets of the Lutheran faith, are in alignment with Roman Catholicism. Uh, And of course, if you know the history of Martin Luther and the establishment of the Protestant uh, faction, uh, Luther did not disagree with most of what uh, Roman Catholicism uh, stood for. So um, we as Lutherans also believed that, Uh, the Godhead or that God himself was a Trinity, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three uh, entities were one God, and there was no explanation for that. Uh, uh, We didn't have the benefit of Roman Catholicism to console us in not being able to understand how the godhead is three distinct entities and still one god in roman catholicism they console their people because they have as a doctrine that the understanding of this trinitarian concept of god uh, cannot be had uh because it was a supernatural mystery, supernatural mystery that you cannot understand uh, until you die and go to heaven, apparently. At least you can't understand it now. So it was off, they were talking about Roman Catholicism, were off the hook in explaining to you about this Godhead and the understanding of this godhead because they 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 knew they couldn't explain it and since they were the mother church the only conclusion that they could come to by virtue of the fact that they could not explain it was it was a supernatural mystery and no one can explain it if we can't explain it then nobody can and um I'd like to go to Romans 119 and 6, one, 116, Romans 116 for a moment. And this isn't exactly what I want to do, but what I want to show in this is that um, this truth um, that uh, Deb was talking about, uh, it was over there, and I forgot what, uh, 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 It was in um, where the Messiah raised in grace and truth. Was it by grace and truth? Or there was a quote that she read. Pardon me, Deb?
2: Yes, grace and truth.
7: Do you know where that was?
2: Yeah. It's in John 1 and uh, 15 or 16.
7: All right. Someone get that. Someone hold Romans 1 16 for a moment.
6: All right. John one in 15 john bore witness of him and cried saying this was he of whom i spoke he that cometh after me is preferred before me for he was before me and of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace and let me see oh yeah here 17 for the law was given by moses
7: now, so now this is, I'm going to just, we're going to go through this slowly because we need to understand uh, how this works. And when I say we, of course, uh, this is what we learned coming into this class. And it is totally contrary to what uh, these religions out in the world teach, all of them. This is contrary to what christianity teaches it's contrary to what judaism teaches of course and it's contrary to what uh, islam teaches these three major religions do not teach this start it again at 17 yeah
6: for the law was given by moses but grace and truth came by yashua the messiah
7: now the law was given by moses but grace and truth came by yashua the messiah mm-hmm. so what that's saying is that you weren't taught truth under the law well stop wait a minute and don't we go into uh court and we put our hand on the bible the holy word of god and uh, declare everything we say will be true and I won't lie or however it is. You tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God. And you're putting it on a book that three quarters of it is not the truth. That is to say the law of Moses and the prophets is not the truth because truth doesn't come until Yahshua the Messiah or Jesus Christ And that means since the Jews down there in in Jerusalem right now in Israel, who have not accepted or don't believe that Jesus or Yahshua is the Messiah, they have no truth at all. That's what it would seem to be saying here, that uh, grace and truth uh, didn't come until Yahshua the Messiah, but Moses had the law. Now, one of the reasons why these things are um, easy to misunderstand and easy to be thought of as complicated, uh, because um, you know, when I went to church, we didn't learn anything specific about God, but we just assumed that the my, our pastor knew stuff. Um, In Roman Catholicism, I don't know if it's this way anymore, but at the time that I was talking with my Italian grandmother about this class and the Bible, I learned that Roman Catholicism encouraged people not to read the Bible because they felt only a priest could interpret the Bible. And you lay people sitting out there in the pews can read it, but you can't interpret it. You don't know what's going on in there. And they're not going to turn around and tell you what's going on in there either. And so we have all kinds of issues in the world now because uh, grace and truth is not understood. And all you have to do, and I've mentioned this a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, is look out in the world, particularly now with what's going on in Ukraine and what has been going on in other parts of the world. I think there's some 28 wars currently being waged in the world right now. Um, that uh, if these countries who claim to be either Christian or Jewish or Islamic, all of these countries, uh, for the most part, claim to have some um, um, uh, a relationship or some understanding or some God-fearing nature to them, we have in God we trust on our money. And we consider this as a big fight, we consider the United States a Christian country. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Israel is considered a Jewish country and Iraq is considered an Islamic country. And right now, uh, 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 Putin is establishing the ability to uh, invade Ukraine because of religious connections or religious decrees from, uh, who knows how long ago, the Russian Orthodox Church, but he looks back into history and he claims he has some kind of a religious reason for doing this. And so the whole world in on one hand is, is promoting God and religion. And on the other hand, uh, they're manifesting death and hatred and variance and, and division and everything else uh, that has put the world in the state that it's in now economically, environmentally, and politically. So if any of these nations actually did have God knowledge, uh, they would not be acting like they are. It just would not happen. Uh, And I won't get these scriptures because time is short, but there's a, a scripture where Paul talks about that our weapons of warfare are not carnal. Our weapons of warfare are not Physical, but they're spiritual and they're used to take down uh imaginations and strongholds strongholds thank you steve strongholds and spiritual wickedness in high places not physical witnesses now we're talking spiritual wickedness and the world does not recognize that there is a devil they have the devil buried under the middle of the earth And you're not going to have to worry about seeing him until you die and hope you don't go to hell, because that's where he is. But in fact, uh, your Bible tells you that the mystery of iniquity is not absent from the earth plane, but that the mystery of iniquity is the God of this earth. And so he's the mystery of iniquity is ruling the earth this physical plane and this physical creation is his park it's his platform it's his stage and so then you look at people like putin and you look at people like a, a trump and the the, the uh, leader of belarus and and even leaders of you know the like in england and france and germany and all the rest of these they all have the same inclination and that is to say, to be powers in the world and not to promote uh, grace and truth. And so uh, uh, there's a lack of understanding for what's going on. Uh, and I need you to read Linda that one more time. I want that where, but grace and truth came by Yahshua the Messiah. I want that verse.
6: Okay, that'll be 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Yahshua, the Messiah.
7: So now, uh, uh, someone go over uh, go over to um, uh, the baptism with John in Matthew, the third chapter, where he says, I indeed baptize with water, but another shall come who will baptize with fire and the Holy Spirit. Um I'm not exactly sure what verse that is, but I'm pretty sure. Okay, very good.
5: Green 11. Go ahead. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire.
7: Now, here's what John says, and I want you to notice the but in there. We have a but going on over in John, and we have a but going on over here with John the Baptist. Now, read that again and pay attention to this but.
5: I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance.
7: So John baptized with water unto repentance. That was a baptism of repentance. And in order to repent, you had to sin. If you didn't sin, you would have nothing to repent. So when the Messiah went to John to be baptized of him and John asked him, have you sinned? The Messiah said, no. So John says, well, then I have need to be baptized of you and you're coming to me. And Joshua says, or Jesus says to John, the Baptist, John, let's do this anyways. Uh, Suffer it to be so now is what he said. But in, plain language so that you can understand it. He says to John, look, let's do this anyway. For it becomes us, John, you and and me at this point in this purpose to fulfill all righteousness. And fulfill means to finish, not start. He's come to finish all righteousness. And in doing so, uh, he's fulfilling at this baptism. And later, John says this. Go to to verse 11 now.
5: I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he. But,
7: but I do this, but not and. But read.
5: He that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire.
7: So someone who's going to come after me is better than me. And he's going to baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to get me over there. I think it's in 1 John where it says one faith, one uh, baptism. Uh, yeah. Diane's going to try to find it if someone, if you guys don't know where that is. Um, it, it.
2: Ephesians, the fourth chapter what is it? Ephesians 4.
7: Okay, Ephesians, the fourth chapter.
0: Ephesians
6: 4. 4. Yes. Um, Okay, 4 and 1. Actually, 4 and 4. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your call. Now, I
7: want you to look at this 1, 1, 1, 1, 1 and there's only one creator there's only one yahweh yahweh is a unity and so just pay attention to this start that again
6: there is one body and one spirit even as ye are called in one hope of your calling one yahweh one faith one baptism
7: there's one yahweh there's one faith there's one baptism There isn't a Methodist faith. There isn't a Roman Catholic faith. There isn't a a Lutheran faith. There's one faith. There's one baptism, not, oh, I'm going to get baptized by water, and then I'm going to get baptized by the Holy Spirit. That is, you want a baptism? Make your choice. Do you want water, or do you want Holy Spirit? Because John says, I indeed baptized with water, but someone's going to come after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to to bear, and he shall baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit. Go over into Acts, the second chapter in that upper room real quick. I'm doing this backwards. I know that, but I I hope that if someone's listening uh, who uh, is just new or just stumbled on this, they're going to begin to see that what they've been taught is uh, not as what's in this Bible. Go ahead. That's two and
5: one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they Now, were all...
7: let me just stop you here real quick, Sharon. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, uh, I'm going to ask you this, Deb. Uh, but uh, when I was a Lutheran, uh, we celebrated Christmas and we celebrated Easter. And we knew all about the, the traditions of those holidays and everything else. And there were movies about them all over the place and everything else. But I didn't hear much if anything at all about the celebration of pentecost deb did you never never we didn't hear about pentecost we didn't have a celebration of pentecost we didn't wear something around our neck that uh showed pentecost we wore the the cross around our neck that showed the messiah's death uh which reflects back to the passover the jewish passover but not Pentecost, we didn't know anything about Pentecost. I didn't learn about Pentecost till I came into this class. Now, this is what happened at Pentecost, started again.
5: And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place.
7: Now there's one accord again, one place. In other words, they were single-minded, read on.
5: And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as a spirit. So that gave
7: room was filled with this sound, filled with this wind, as it were a wind was filled with this, if it were, if you will, uh, a cloud. And uh, so they were completely immersed in that experience. Would you say that? They were completely covered or immersed in that. Read that again, Sharon.
5: And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting it filled all the
7: house where they were sitting they were completely immersed in this
0: right and
7: there appeared cloven tongues of fire now john said i indeed baptize you with water but another shall come who will baptize you with fire oh cloven tongues of fire and the holy spirit this filled rushing mighty wind as it were a rushing mighty wind in this house That was the fulfillment of the, listen to me, of the prophecy that John the Baptist prophesied because John the Baptist was the last prophet of Israel. Mm -hmm. And he made that prophecy and it came true after the death, burial, and resurrection of the Messiah. Not before, not when he was in the water. Give me the carnal ordinance chart again, Greg, please. Not when he was in the water, but after that it happened and we're talking about grace and truth and grace and truth didn't come until the day of pentecost because the holy spirit we're going to get uh john the fourth is it john the 14th chapter in a minute but uh I'm, i need to work with with this chart here quickly mm-hmm. uh this uh on the left hand side of this chart you have circumcision ceremonies baptism suppers sacrifices and ordinances And these were all works under the law of Moses and the law of Moses and these prophets all were established so that Israel would recognize when the Messiah came on the scene. That was the purpose. Now look at, when you have a baby sitting in a crib, you take your keys and you shake the keys in front of the kid and their keys are bright and shiny and it gets their attention. That's what they they always pick up their, a bunch of keys and shake it for a kid, but the kid doesn't know what those keys are for, and these Law and the Prophets, they did not know what the scriptures were for until Pentecost, when they learned what the scriptures were for. Well, these kids had these keys shaken in front of their face, but when they got old enough to have a driver's license, they knew what those keys were for. When they got old enough, Diane knows this, to have a boat license. (laughs) And her grandfather threw her the keys to the boat and she went out on skinny Atlas Lake on that boat. Uh, Freedom, riding the waves on that boat. Those keys have a function. Those keys go in something that then as an astonishing thing, it starts this car up and you can drive from one end of the country to another. You're free on the lake once you have the keys. But if you don't have the keys, that boat ain't going anywhere and that car's not going anywhere. Do you understand? And so people have these keys, but they don't know where to put them. And that's how... the the problem is with this, uh, uh, the understanding that the world does not have. Now, uh, uh, note that they're pointing to Yahshua on this cross, and so the Messiah is fulfilling or moving this old covenant out of the way, and uh, I won't have time to get these read because I've got about 10 minutes, so let me just quote some of these, but in Jeremiah 31, 31, it says, behold, the days come that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, not according, not N-O-T, not according to the covenant that was made uh, by Moses uh, under the law, uh, which covenant Israel broke. Uh, the new covenant, he said, will be written in their heart and in their mind. And it, that same uh, sentiment is uh, repeated in uh, thirty-six Ezekiel, the 36th chapter. That there is an old covenant and a new covenant. Deb, how much about the old covenant versus the new covenant did you learn in Methodist church? Zero. Zero. I never <laughs> knew there were two covenants. And Dennis, you didn't know there were two covenants in Roman Catholic church. I didn't know it in Lutheran church. And Deb didn't know it in Methodist church. Why? Because none of these religions teach this. Because they teach you the Mosaic Covenant. And uh, that's what you're... But that was given to Jews and Jews only. But we didn't know that. Give me the uh, uh, ages and dispensations chart now. I'm going to scream through this stuff. So I apologize. But what I hope to do is to show anyone, even if they're coming for the first time, that there is a thread through this Bible and through these scriptures and in this understanding that you have not had presented to you by the various religious factions that are out in this world, be they Islam, Judaism, or Christianity. And these uh, 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 things that we are talking about can translate you in your heart and mind, in your understanding and in your nature directly into the kingdom of Yahweh. Uh, as I, I'm going to stay on this chart, I want someone to get me the Lord's Prayer, if you will, and hold that for a moment. This chart uh, talks about Yahweh's or God's purpose as it comes down through what are called ages and dispensations or time. And it starts with Adam getting kicked out of the garden, and then you got Noah with the flood, and then you've got Moses with the law, and then you've got the Messiah coming and getting up on the cross. And then you got uh, in this fourth age, what is called the present kingdom age. Now, what happens is that Yahweh establishes a covenant in this third age, the post diluvian age, the same age that the Messiah, Yahshua or Jesus, is born into. You'll read uh, that Yahshua or Jesus was was born of a woman, born under the law of Moses and so he was born in this third age his death burial and resurrection transitions everyone from this third age to this fourth age this present kingdom age and that's what we find out that happened on the day of Pentecost and that's why they don't teach Pentecost because they don't understand there was a change in these covenants because they're still teaching you the law of Moses, and having you memorize the 20th chapter of Exodus, where it goes into those 10 commandments, having you water baptized, which had been going on long before uh, John the Baptist baptized anybody at all, and on and on and on, and they've got you locked up in this third age, which is a carnal, natural, physical age, which is why they have carnal natural weapons which is why they have carnal natural leaders and carnal natural countries and all the rest of it is based on a previous age that is insufficient to give you grace and it's insufficient to give you truth because grace and truth came by the messiah and it came by the messiah on the day of pentecost we've got to get into john the 14th chapter i've got five minutes and so uh we're going to go into 14 uh 13 or 14 where the messiah says that uh i am with you but shall be in you uh uh is, it, is that the 14th chapter of john
0: yes
7: can someone find that real quick for me
6: you didn't want the lord's prayer anymore
7: I'm going to get that. I'm still oh. <laughs> going to get that, but I need to get us some place where we can understand that. So, uh, I, but I, so I need to uh, reinforce what happened at Pentecost. So, fourteenth uh, chapter of John. Yeah. yeah.
0: What,
5: what verse?
7: I want 26? where it says, uh, uh, "I am with you and shall be in you," or something like that. He's, I am here. Uh, he's going to send the Comforter in my name. Yep.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. But the the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you.
7: So up in the beginning of this chapter, he tells them, I'm comforting you now. They could feel him. They could handle him. Whenever they got into trouble, they went right to Jesus or Yahshua and asked him, and he got them out of trouble. And and Yahshua is ready to go on the cross, but he's going to come back. But he's not coming back uh, in a cloud at the end of the world as they know it. This is what the world teaches. They're still waiting for Jesus to come. And here he says, uh, 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 the father will send you the comforter, the real Mm -hmm. comforter, uh, who is the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name. That's what happened at Pentecost. They received the Holy Spirit. They received the comforter the comforters in his name, his name is Joshua, you call Jesus. So Jesus or Joshua came at the day of Pentecost in that upper room in the second chapter of acts and the whole world missed it. And what happened is that during that period of time or the what, that what occurred there is they transitioned from this post-diluvian age to the present kingdom age. All right. Now Linda, the Lord's okay.
0: prayer. <laughs>
6: Uh, that would be matthew 6 starting at 9 after this manner therefore pray ye our father who art now here's
7: the messiah still in the flesh he hasn't gone through his death burial and resurrection we have not yet had the outpouring of the holy spirit on the day of pentecost the comforter the spiritual comforter has not yet come which is the holy spirit this is the physical comforter which is the holy spirit in a specific physical body but when that body goes on the cross and is sacrificed for all mankind the spirit that was in that body now becomes available worldwide and that's on pentecost but you have to see it in order to 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 receive that 14, and the,
0: 17
7: is what to do. all right but i can't i can't okay. do it now because i don't have the time i'm So uh, in uh, um, uh, 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 the Lord's prayer, uh, he's telling the disciples to pray. This is not the Lord's prayer. This is the disciples' prayer, and the disciples were all Jews. This is not a prayer that was given to Christians, Italians, or French, or any of this was given to Jews and Jews only. That's who the disciples were. Start that again, Linda.
6: After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father who art in heaven, how would it be hallowed be thy name? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven.
7: Now we're going to stop right there because we can't do the rest of it. I got two minutes here. But um, uh, he tells the disciples, You pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, holy is his name. And so Roman Catholics, Dennis knows this. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, but never say a name. They stand up in front of church after church after church, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, touching their forehead, their two shoulders, and put their hands in uh, prayer at their belly or whatever it is. The are uh, they do the uh, uh, in the name of the Father, in the name that they baptize you in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Never once say the name and because they don't know they don't they certainly don't know the name of the holy spirit that's some kind of a bird flying around but here's what the messiah says to them hallowed or holy is his name his kingdom this kingdom is going to come it's not yet there thy kingdom come thy will be done yahweh's will or god's will will be done he will give you the holy spirit that was what was promised right from the start so the messiah says in the 17th chapter of john do you have it right there diane no the 17th chapter of john i am with you and shall be 24 24 17 yeah i'm gonna have to just take another minute or two uh just bear with me with this
2: 1724 is that what you're saying john what is it again 1417
7: 17. go ahead diane
2: uh even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive so
7: now he's talking about the spirit of truth he said i am the truth that's what he told the disciples i am the way the truth and the life and then he's saying what you're going to get the spirit of truth even the spirit of the truth which the world cannot cannot receive receive.
2: because it seeth him not neither knoweth him but you know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you so right
7: now he's the truth with them but he shall be the truth in them and that's why you don't learn anything about pentecost because that's when the truth was in them and that's what we that that walked, grace and truth are in Yahshua. That's where that but was, but grace and truth come by Yahshua. And so Pentecost is important to show that's when the kingdom came. That's when grace came. That's when the spiritual truth came, that the physical truth, the body of Jesus or Yahshua that hung on the cross only manifested but wasn't real in the hearts and minds of men. You have to be baptized with that spirit, with that Holy Spirit, in order for you to see spiritual truth and receive spiritual grace. And the physical works of the law will not get you anything more than what you see the world in right now, hell. So thank you for the time. I'm sorry, I went a little bit over.
1: Thank you, Dr. Emler. We'd like to thank everybody who participated today in our Zoom class, and we'd also like to thank those who have viewed us on YouTube. We hold our Zoom class here every Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. At this time, I'd like to ask the class to stay muted until the live stream is ended. We'll now be dismissed by the doxology, which is taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever, let us all say hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah.